In this episode of the Chillinois Podcast, I sit down with Aaron Richard from The Weed Tube. You might be familiar with The Weed Tube because it is one of the platforms that allows you to watch the video version of this podcast. If you'd like to tune into the video version of this podcast, just go to chillinois.net slash video. To support Aaron, join The Weed Tube by going to theweedtube.com. You can also download the mobile application, which allows you to watch The Weed Tube on the go. Lastly, you can support Aaron by purchasing one or both of his books. I listened to the audio version of both of his books, and if you're a fan of science fiction, I highly recommend checking them out. I've placed links to purchase Aaron's books in the show notes for this podcast episode, along with links to Aaron's social media and, of course, Aaron's website, theweedtube.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Aaron, how's it going today? Hey, Cole, it's going great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So welcome to the Chillinois podcast. Um, for folks that don't know your name, uh, could you go ahead and give yourself a little bit of an introduction? Yeah. So my name's Aaron, like running an errand, but it's spelled A-R-E-N-D. Um, I was a popular YouTuber. I had a channel that grew to 190,000 subscribers in just a little bit over a year. Um, and YouTube deleted my channel in February of 2018, along with hundreds of other cannabis channels. And I was lucky enough to know a lot of the other people who were deleted. So we all kind of got together and started our own platform, which is called WeedTube. Uh, it's been in existence for four years now. It's a website and apps on your phone. And um, we are the largest social media platform in the cannabis industry, which is really lit. And I am the co-founder and person in charge of that. Yeah. Yeah, folks. So you might already be familiar with it because it's one of the platforms that you can find the Chillinois podcast on. Um, but the weedtube.com, we'll throw that link in the podcast description, is how you get to the weed tube. You can see my um, page right now. This is just me logged in and, and my account. Um, so, so yeah, it's really easy to get to, free to get to. I even see you right here. Um, oh, and, and click that little light bulb. Have you seen this new update? See that on the right-hand side? See that light bulb? Ah, uh, yeah, this. Yeah, click that. And oh, hell yeah. Have you hell seen yeah. this yet? This is new. We just got this. I love it. I love it. I was literally, one of the things I was going to tell you afterwards is that late at night when I log in and upload videos, I'm like blinded by the whiteness. So I'm going to be yep. flipping it to dark mode. So, and on, on the app as well, there is dark mode as well now. So dope, dope. Well, um, you kind of described it by telling us your trajectory, but tell us, uh, why the weed tube, why is it needed? Oh, it's so important. Uh, and the thing is, is what it was, uh, what it is currently at this moment, what it was built for long form content, a replacement for YouTube is not even what it will be very near in the future um, because we're coming out with features that will allow for pictures and uh, text kind of updates and um, like TikTok style video clips like that as well. And the reason that these things are also necessary is because cannabis is incredibly either censored or suppressed on the different mainstream social media platforms, except for maybe Twitter. Um, we we haven't seen regulation heavily on Twitter, 
Um, TikTok doesn't allow it at all, which I think is great. Although we've seen a few people sneak through with some kind of cannabis content. Somebody sent me something the other day that from a verified profile that was like a rolling tutorial and included smoking and everything. It had over a million likes, which was just crazy. Um, but yeah, TikTok, I'm, I'm good with TikTok, not allowing it at all, but then you've got uh, YouTube, who deleted a bunch of creators, brought some back, are doing deletions again right now. A really good friend of mine, Christy Harless, was just deleted at just over 45,000 subscribers. And then you've got Instagram, who are allowing some big box brands to succeed uh, versus, you know, small businesses and content creators who they are throttling like crazy. So you just got all these social media platforms out here acting a fool in the cannabis industry. Yeah, it's like they act like it's their job to enforce the law when really you're just sharing information. It's even weirder than that because they're they're they don't even claim like law about it. It's more so advertising. I find the Instagram suppression to be the most frustrating because they are allowing certain brands to succeed, which I think is absolutely wild that you are going to prop up uh, certain brands and create a funnel of monopolization in an industry that isn't fully federally legal yet. Like, how are you going to do that, Instagram? How are you going to not allow? I I thought the beauty of Instagram was like everyone being able to put their sort of imagery product brand forward and, and gain success on this kind of a platform, but they're not allowing that in the cannabis industry. Super weird. And they're not. Oh, they're not working with creators. I think that's the thing that I've heard that is most frustrating. It's like, they'll sit, they'll tell you, Hey, your content's been taken down, but then you'll ask why crickets. Yeah. You know, it's wild. Weed tubes, original Instagram page had over 250,000 followers. It's been deleted for like over six months now. It's absurd. Yeah. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand the reasoning behind it, but maybe there's not. Oh, I do. They want, they want to, they want their piece of the pie in the industry. That's why they're doing what they're doing. So if you know the right people, I just shared this thing on Instagram this morning on my story that literally said uh, there was this OnlyFans content creator, a girl who basically met people at Instagram and got her page back and got her shadow bands removed by like knowing these people on a very fundamental level. So you know that Instagram is pulling strings, if that makes sense. Like the employees are making certain decisions. And it's really interesting too, because we launched a petition against Instagram for the cannabis community. And within 24 hours, the link to this petition, which is just a change.org petition, like Instagram sees millions of them. Instagram deleted two accounts that even direct messaged the link. So they were watching this link so hard and and censoring people and deleting profiles just for DMing this link around. That's literally a change. That's not like the, the, the petition is not titled fuck Instagram, go die. The petition is demand fair regulation for the legal cannabis industry on Instagram. That is, there's nothing wrong with sharing that, but not on Instagram. Well, um, you know, I've seen, I'll just be like completely like blunt with you. I've seen cannabis, like social media platforms come and go because I felt like they've never really found their ground. Mm. I, I don't see that with the weed tube, but I want, I want to, cause it's been around for it's, I've seen it stay around, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
four years. I know that I know that you might have a favorable view of it, but do you do you view it the same? Do you view it as only getting more popular? Like what's your trajectory been like? Um I don't have like a biased favorable view of it. The thing with weed tube for me is, and you might have to remind me my point of this all, like why we started this conversation. Cause I'm getting kind of high now, but weed tube for me, I never started weed tube to be like, I want to start a business to make money. I was like, we need this as a community. So I've always had a different approach to weed tube and how it's been run and everything like that. And it's just been more about keeping the resource available for the community is what's important for me. That being said, what was the original question? Because I'm going to remember my point now. Um, I was basically just act asking like the trajectory. What do we see? What's the trajectory? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, with these new features we're coming out with, with the picture stuff and the text capability, allowing anyone to, allowing the threshold to be a creator or uh just a user of the platform in general removing that threshold from it has to be long form edited video content all the way down to like pictures videos text updates moving that to an area where more people are inclined to want to participate in it i think it's going to blow weed tube up again uh for a while which i think is going to be great i think the cannabis industry is griping about this Instagram stuff like crazy. It's all I hear about. So I think giving people another resource will give us a big push. It's just going to be about aligning then how we can uh, get other people outside of the cannabis industry involved on WeTube that will really require the success of it. So it's kind of like this complex puzzle I'm trying to put together of how to solve two problems, not just cannabis social media, but also like social media in general is especially meta stuff is like programmed so that you are the product and it's terrible technology and algorithms is horrible. Like I'm, I also would like to like help with that down the line too. Gotcha. Yeah. That, I mean, when you reached out to me, one of the things I was most excited to talk to you about was something that you just described, which is that so many creators that I know um, and that I follow are are frustrated. I kind of described it earlier. They'll have content randomly taken down. They'll ask why. They may not even get a response um, or they'll just get some blanket response like drugs and prohibited services, you know, and it's just like, mm. okay, but how can I make it so that you're okay with this content being up? And I would say that um, fortunately, <laughs> I'm going to jinx myself. None of our content has has been taken down um, from, from these, con from these, uh, streaming services. However, mm -hmm. if it were, I can only imagine how frustrating that would be. I mean, you spend so much time dumping, uh, dumping everything into a media project and then somebody just takes it off like that because they arbitrarily decide it's not with our values or our guidelines. And so no, knowing not, that you have a safe place, fun. yeah. Knowing that you have a safe place at the safe space at the weed tube so to say like you don't have to worry about your hard work just evaporating is a huge thing i think for creators and it's one of the main reasons i wanted to to get you on here yeah it's not fun to lose everything you've worked so hard for you know i i never used to let it bother me but for some reason dope as yola said something recently um who is an incredible weed tuber and youtuber has over a million subscribers 
he said, you know, YouTube owes me over like $2 million in ad revenue that they haven't paid out because of the type of content that he uploads. There's like this website that you can go to project what you're following on YouTube will be at over a certain amount of time from when the channel was started and conceiving its growth. And I did that for my channel uh, recently. And it said I would be over one and a half million subscribers by now if I was still on YouTube. That is wild to me to look back now and be like, wow, you didn't just take away this one thing for me. Like I would have a different level of life if I still had that. So it is, it is blindly infuriating. It's good to be a solution, but it is, it is infuriating what these people take away uh, when they, they're just removing people's content at will like that. Yeah. And can I ask you somewhat of a nuanced question? Like there's obviously a lot of nuance in this question, but let me just start it at this baseline level, which I think is really simple. You know, it's obviously called the weed tube, but we talk about like all types of drugs. That's not a problem. Is it (laughs) like, no, no. Okay. I'm not big on censorship. I mean, if, if you're going, uh, on weed tube and you're there, there's, I'm sure there are limits, but like, you know, we definitely welcome like mushroom and other psychedelic conversations, I think are really important to society right now. So we're happy to have that kind of content. Um, certainly please don't upload content of yourself doing meth. Actually don't do meth would be my ultimate advice. Um, but you know what I mean? Like we're open to, especially like psychedelics and cybacillin and stuff like that. It's very important to the conversation right now. Gotcha. Let me ask you a nuanced question back. What kind of drugs do you want to upload? <laughs> I honestly think people should be able to upload, upload anything within reason. And, and it's not to glorify uh, anything, but it is like an educational thing, you know? Well, um, is it, if the content is educational and that's, that's certainly one thing, but sometimes things yeah. are to glorify things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we I guess, have, I we suppose have to, it. Yeah. You said within reason, I believe is what you said. I'd love to hear what, <laughs> what, what is within reason and what's without. That's like, this is where it starts to get crazy. Cause I have imagine you're of, in my shoes and, and tell me what's within reason and what's not within reason that of UC content being uploaded. Yeah, no. And this is tough. Cause I've ha- had to help moderate like a community before, not an entire website, but a community. And you start to, you start to come to these types of questions. So let's just, mm-hmm. let's just go with this since it's like a, our example at hand. I would say maybe within reason, let's use your meth example. Um, I would say within reason would be maybe somebody should be able to post a video of, um, of their meth using their meth, um, proper way to clean your apparatus, your paraphernalia, whatever you want to call it. But maybe when it starts to getting to the level of, synthesizing meth which is like a fucking dangerous process yeah yeah Uh yeah. maybe then we start to say like hey let's pump the brakes on this because you could get a lot of people hurt you know what i mean i mean i'm not saying that people may not get hurt from using meth by themselves and just trying to follow a video to do it but Mm -hmm. at least you know i i see though it gets muddy it gets muddy it does (laughs) get muddy i mean you know you talked about uh, how to clean your paraphernalia. Maybe I could see how that could be. That's good. You know, you're not, you have been like clean stuff, I guess. Um, but 
and like educational maybe maybe but like someone just using it i just don't know about having just like private vlog uploads of episodes of intervention you know what i mean <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like that's that's also the th- that's a good uh analogy right because you watch intervention they never did episodes about people who smoked weed there the people may have smoked weed also but they were also doing <laughs> sure. many other things um, and you know, like, I'm not sure about you and what your experiences with cannabis are, but cannabis can help you. It cannot be helpful if you're adding it onto a bunch of other things. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it doesn't work very well in that way for me. That's why I tell all my friends who only drink when they want to smoke weed and they're all drunk and they're like, Oh, let me hit that. I'm like, no, because you're not going to get the experience that I want you to have. And the next time you, I want to get high with you, you're going to be like, Oh, that wasn't fun that night. Yeah. Cause you were wasted and you took, you know what I mean? It's not the same thing. If you, I think my my line for content on WeedTube is if you're if there's if they make inter- interventions about it, I don't know like the show intervention. I don't know if I want to support that content on WeedTube the platform, but I do see your argument. And if you were like on my team and someone uploaded content like that, it would be a conversation amongst the whole team, and like everyone would kind of decide. Luckily, yeah. we don't have a lot of that going on. You know, we have some people, some people are uploading some wild shit sometimes that we do have to take down like right away. But like, sure, 99% it's, it's lit. But if that ever did happen, that would be such an interesting conversation to be like, are we going to allow this? Do we need to take it down? Yeah. And I realize it would be like, it, it just really have to be case by case. Um, but really, I guess the final thought I have is that like the, the, background i guess of my idea is like as we move towards quote unquote safe supply and decriminalizing Mm -hmm. all drugs um you know the idea isn't necessarily to encourage people to take on substances that have high potential of abuse but you know for transparency and, and health information i almost wonder uh sometimes like are we helping or are we hurting the cause you know like one of the things this is may send us on a tangent but i believe that the decriminalization some people we've actually had debates we're about to release one today and uh, we may not release this interview today aaron like the one with you and i but we are releasing an interview today with somebody that believes cannabis should not be legal and um, how was that for you did you smoke with while you were talking to them uh yeah yeah, I, I usually I, this yeah. would be this would be me. So you think weed is terrible? <laughs> right, right. I try not to Tell put me it. About uh, that. <laughs> I try not to put it as much in this person's face because they do. They're very, very upfront about the fact that they struggled with something called cannabis abuse disorder. Um, so I just try to be you know respectful and not too much in their face about it. But Can you talk well, to me about that for thirty seconds. Can you give me the high line of that? Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of it. Yeah. So CUD or cannabis use disorder um, is defined in the DSM five, which is like, it's like a psychologist's all. Oh, it's like a psychotic break from using cannabis. Yeah. And there are like 12 things that that can qualify you. And if you meet like a certain number of them, you can like kind of make a, a reasonable, um, judgment on how bad your situation is like uh, i'll have to send you a link afterwards but basically okay. it's to the point where 
can't you can't function like you you can function without cannabis but mentally you feel like you can't right so before yeah. you leave the house you have to rip the bong and it's interfering with your interpersonal relationships and it's affecting your job it's a substance abuse disorder um that they've just you know seen I, whoa, I think whoa, 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 whoa 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 <laughs> i have two clarifying questions number sure, one sure. so it's not having a psychotic break because of cannabis that's a different thing because we yeah, hear about that yeah. some people will have you know psychotic breaks um if they have a certain history and cannabis affects them in a certain way, it's very, very rare. Uh, but it is a reality. You're talking about people just having an addiction to weed and like a somewhat dependency on it. Yeah. Classified from like a psychologist perspective. Mm -hmm. I have that for sure. I mean, I don't have to take a bong rip before I leave the house, but I sure love to. Yeah. So, you know, what oh, I mean? I'm willing like, to admit that I, and I have in the past that, um, you know, it's not like a struggle that actually impedes on any important things in my life. But sometimes, like you say, I, I am like, you know, this day would be much better if I just hit the bong before I went and did it. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. So. And like, you know, definitely I'm good at working high, you know what I mean? So I can sometimes use that as an excuse. Like it really helps me focus. So mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what happened to this specific person. I'm going to listen to this interview that you're talking about that you gave. Cause I don't, I don't know what happened with them to make them hate weed so much. Well, I, you know, and I, um, I meant to ask, kind of ask them again about it, but we touch on so many different topics. Um, one thing that they mentioned in my first interview with them is that they did seem to just have a substance abuse disorder in general. I mean, they mm -hmm. mentioned that like if alcohol was in the house, they'd just, like they couldn't help themselves. They'd have to drink it all. So it sounded like they more had an issue with substances do than you cannabis think, itself. Do they you think al alcohol should be illegal too? Oh yeah. They think, oh, good. Uh, yeah, they, they're, good. so they work for an org organization called smart approaches to marijuana. Don't give them too much credit. Uh, I give them none. <laughs> good. Good. Um, they, their tagline is uh, preventing another big tobacco. So they say that they are against the commercialization of alcohol and tobacco, but they really focus on cannabis or as they insist to call it marijuana. Um, I asked them about that. So definitely check that out. Why do you insist on calling it marijuana when it's cannabis? Very fair question. And their answer wasn't great, but anyways, let me get, let me get to this point that I'm wrapping around to. So in somebody like that, Mm -hmm. they might think that the decriminalization of drugs would cause the sky to fall. Hell, they think the decriminalization or legalization of weed is going to make the sky to fall. So of course all drugs would, you know, cause the sky to fall. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I don't think that's going to happen. I think people that use these drugs use them now. I don't think uh, a soccer mom's going to be like, Hey, maybe I'll try meth today because it's, it's at my store. I mean, maybe that'll happen, but I just don't think it's, it's likely Here's my I don't thing think that, you need to put them in the store. I think you need, you can legalize everything. Yeah. And my follow-up to your earlier thing about are we hurting or are we helping? I think there are limits on that too. I think to an extent you legalize it, but I don't know. I guess my opinion might be sort of controversial, but I did see this article about X amount of overdoses had been prevented because of this new program somewhere um, for like safe consumption mm -hmm. at some level though, like legalize the drugs, but you're like responsible for what happens to you. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's, that's what I was trying to get to was like, we, yes, decriminalize the drugs, but 
I, I, I don't, instead of the sky falling, I think we would instead be able to have an honest conversation Yeah. because if, it, if you're, if it's decriminalized, you're not afraid of saying, Hey, I use meth. And you're not afraid of asking what it does. If you don't know, asking for help, yeah. seeking out services. I think by criminalizing it, we actually, um, dissuade people from seeking treatment or being mm -hmm. honest. And mm -hmm. I think just it, that's really where I'm coming from with it. I'm not saying that I think that, you know, Tuco Salamanca from Breaking Bad should be sparking up uh, meth and, you know, showing you how to deal it or whatever. Mm. But I, I think that an honest conversation, and that obviously is case by case, should be, should be allowed to have. I agree. It should be able to happen, you know? I just want to predicate to, I, I know that the, the mainstream thing nowadays is to be very sympathetic to people with uh, like addictions and, and that are struggling through certain things. I, my opinion on it comes from growing up as the child of a person with an addiction and just knowing that there's nothing you can do to help and that they kind of have to help themselves to get anywhere. So I'm, I guess when I look at it, I think of sort of that situation and I'm like, don't keep saving her. You know what I mean? So I guess that's kind of where my opinion came from that. But I do think that everything should be available because information will flow better. But I think that you're responsible for what happens to your body. Bingo. Yeah. And that's kind of where I think uh, I ended up settling with in our debate, which is just that, you know, we are allowed in America and across the world to engage in dangerous activities as adults. I like to ride my motorcycle. Um, you can go skydiving, you know, you can purchase firearms, tannerite, which is an explosive, um, you know, poisons or, or you can buy poison fuel, whatever. And these things are all dangerous, but it's assumed that any adult that engages in these activities or purchases these things are aware of the risks, mm. you know, involved and are responsible. So you are very smart, Cole. And now knowing that you did a debate with someone, that's quite interesting. I can't wait to listen. See, cause <laughs> I did. I, I, so like, tell me about you. Can I get like a one minute rundown on you? Sure. I don't, that's a, I mean, that's a hard question. I don't, uh, uh, I'm not used to being on the other side of a question. I'm well, used to being the one. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just no, it's curious. Okay. It's okay. And I'll, I feel I'll... like maybe people who would come and listen, if I share this, would also want to know just a little bit about you because your your point of view is so interesting and you're very, very well articulated. So I'm just curious, like, who's this guy? Are you like a lawyer? What's your, what's your team? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you um, for saying that I'm well or that I'm articulate because I think I'm so far from that. I'd like, but anyways, though, uh, I um, became fascinated with cannabis originally. It was just cannabis when I was, I don't know, in, in eighth grade. I started listening to George Carlin and, um, and other folks, uh, but George Carlin was a big one. Um, I don't know I just, who that is, but I, oh, get, I, get, I get the vibe. Legend, legendary comedian. Uh, definitely got to check him out. A lot oh, of the a things comedian. this person's a comedian. I thought you were talking about a crooner. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a comedian and he talks about a lot of things. He's, he's passed away. Um, but a lot of the things that he talked about when he was really popular, he's one of the first like comedians you'd see on HBO and stuff, uh, still hold true today. And drug legalization was one of the topics he discussed and it just his, thoughts and reasoning behind believing the way believing the things that he did 
ultimately really made me start to think. And then um, I saw the Pop Brothers at Law on Tosh.0. Mm. I don't know if you remember when they went viral, but they went on Daniel Tosh's com- Comedy Central I remember, show. I remember Tosh.0 and I know of the Pop Brothers at Law. Do you know the script? Hell yeah, I do. What Hell does yeah, it say right now? <laughs> okay. Um, you are pop quizzing me, but that's how it happens. You get pulled over. So officer, uh-huh. why are you pulling me over? Uh-huh. I think that's first. I will not, I will not discuss. I'm not discussing my day. Uh, I think am I so. free? Am I free to go or, or am I being detained? Uh-huh. And if I'm being detained, I invoke the fifth and I, Aaron, I don't, I don't know any of it. You shut the fuck up. Oh, that's you shut you the do. fuck up. It's shut the fuck up <laughs> Sunday yep. or something is they have a day. Love yeah, that. Shut the yeah, fuck up Friday. Yep. <laughs> I think it's great advice. I I definitely uh always forget. So Mark, if you're watching this right now, I just pa- I just passed Aaron's pop quiz. Um so they've been on our show a few times. So they're, oh, they're, cool. they're sweet, sweet dudes. Um, but anyways, I saw them for the first time and they're wearing a suit and they are articulate, which is mm-hmm. not something that I came to understood or sorry. Came to understand. Yeah, came to understand that stoners were. I, I thought that See, they now were I like told Tommy you, Chong. I, I told you you were articulate, and now, now you're <laughs> overthinking it. Exactly, exactly. But it's not necessarily the word choice. It's just that you're getting your idea out, which as a stone person, talking about higher level concept is not always easy to do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you're very good at that. So that's, that is very good. But continue your story. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I just thought all stoners were like Tommy Chong, like, Hey man, let's fucking blaze up some weed, man. You know, yeah. And uh, to see somebody in a suit being mm-hmm. articulate, fast, quick, professional, I was like, wait a minute. And then I turned 21, skipped forward a few years, you know, um, and I went to Colorado. I, I had turned 21 and I was like, you know, this is just, this is not that great. I didn't even go to buy alcohol. I know everybody goes. Actually, I did have my first beer at the bar on my birthday because it's like everybody like insists you got to come out to have your first beer as if that was actually you my do. First beer. You have to do that. Yeah. Um, my first American culture. Beer. Yeah. And I um, that is actually a really funny thing to think about in retrospect. Like everybody was encouraging me, my family, like we have to go out, Cole, and you need to do this drug with us because now you're old enough. Anyways. That's really funny to think about in retrospect. It is. And then think um, about weed it, and mm-hmm. how and how cool it would be if your family was like, hey, you're 21. <laughs> right, right. We rolled exactly. this joint for you. And then you guys are all just going to like laugh and eat a shitload of food and just smile all night. Like that's dope 21st birthday, in my opinion. Gosh, if that if that was my 21st birthday, I I that my life would be complete, honestly. But my parents are not that way. Uh, I still either. haven't, I still haven't really, they, they like, well, accept, they accept me, but I they haven't, you haven't gotten them to smoke weed yet. Um, not, in a, okay. So not my dad uh-huh. and I, fuck, I probably get my mom in trouble, but my mom did try it once, but it was, she did it under the wrong circumstances. No. Which, um, so, why? Uh, she was drinking and she insisted. Yeah, that's what I that, said. Yep, exactly. And I said, they, no, you, you don't want to do this. And she said, no, I can handle it. I insist. I was like, mom, you have to understand this stuff nowadays, not to be played with. No, you know? Yeah. Cause people are always like, 
people who drink all the time, they're like, oh yeah, I can handle it. It's just a little bit like, I, they do not believe me when I tell them weed is enough. It will do enough to you that you don't need to mix it with something else. And they no. don't believe me. And then they have a terrible time. Yeah. And in fact, I've learned, uh, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I've learned that alcohol, if you're like drunk and then consume cannabis, from what I understand, whatever it does to your blood can actually cause THC to become more bioactive. Mm. And it's, it's not that you're more high, but you could describe it that way. That's oftentimes why people just get overwhelmed. They have the spins, they, they get sick. Mm-hmm. It's just too much for the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, you, you know, I turned 21 and, um, I feel like I'm taking a long time to answer this question, but I, I never said, had to, I said one minute and we're at like seven, but I'm, yeah. I'm not counting. <laughs> I'll, I'll wrap it up here. So basically like, um, turned 21. I was like, what's, what's this so cool? Why is this is stupid? I don't really care. This isn't a monumental birthday for me. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, how far away is Colorado? Mm. And then I, I literally rolled over in my bed. I was laying at, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, just not satisfied with the way that my 21st birthday went. Like everybody was like, it's this life changing event. You know, you can, you're legal now. And it just, to me, it wasn't that exciting. And so I looked and it was 15 hours and 30 minutes away. And I was like, I just did a 12 hour drive. I could fucking do that. I packed up my things that night and the next day, after work, I just went to Colorado and, um, didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, it was my first trip by myself back that far ever. And, um, to, to get to my point, when I went to my first dispensary, I was shocked by the people that were in there. And it was the same thought about the pop brothers at law. I was like, wait a minute, I wouldn't have imagined you smoked weed. I wouldn't have imagined you smoked weed. And then I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck am I saying? Like, who mm-hmm. the fuck am I to say that I wouldn't think, like, what does that mean? And Had I realized- you smoked weed before that? Yeah, yeah, oh. I so you smoked- didn't realize that you were a person who wasn't like those people? Well, what I didn't realize is that I was perpetuating and living and allowing stigma to live on. You were. Yeah. And I was holding that, you yeah. know, and I was holding it against people in some ways, like, Oh, you, you wouldn't smoke weed or, Oh, of course you're in here. You smoke weed, Mm. you know, like, and I was just, I had to stop myself at at this. I think it was like the second or maybe the first shop. And I was like, who the fuck am I to say that? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that even mean? You know? And what does that mean? Yeah. So I, I share that raw thought to be just brutally honest. Like, I don't like to use myself as a, like, as a, what the fuck are you saying person? But that was, that's a raw thought that I had in the past that I had to stop and ask myself, what the fuck are you saying? You know? Mm-hmm. So sorry. That was a really long, long way of telling you. No, uh, it's good. That I'm just fascinated by this topic. And so you started a podcast, started a podcast in the pandemic. Um, it's gone really, really well. I would and say you're in Illinois. Yep. I'm in Illinois, which um, the weed laws there are just so good. <laughs> I mean, are you being sarcastic? Very much so. Okay, I was going to say, because I was like... You Aren't they like the have... worst in the country? Uh, I mean, there are con- uh, states that still <laughs> um, don't... I'm being a smartass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, because I, I heard... What I heard from someone who lives in Illinois that's on my team was like, it is shocking how much people don't like 
how much they've gotten away with with the corruption in the cannabis industry in Illinois. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, I mean, doesn't really happen here. Yeah. Where are you? Colorado. Okay. Born and raised. Nice. That's cool. Colorful Mm -hmm. Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be there soon. Maybe I'll holler at you, see if we can't smoke. But um, sure, you can come be on Watch and Sesh, my podcast. Dude, that would be awesome. It's not all it's not all serious like this. It's wild. Fun and games, cool. Well, I think I can do that. We like to have uh, comedians on the show sometimes, so maybe I can. uh, Maybe I'll be able to fit the vibe. So love um, that. Hell yeah. Uh, But yeah, uh, I can't remember exactly what I was saying. But that's oh yeah, we just kind of have kept doing this. I would say yeah, people are not happy with the way cannabis legalization has gone. I mean, let Mm. me put it this way: up until, I mean, a year into the pandemic there were still only like 21 people cultivating for the whole state of Illinois. Mm. Uh, Well, I say 21, it was 17 people with 21 licenses. So you can, you know, each party can have up to three cultivation licenses. And so when you consider that Illinois with Chicago being the third most populous state in the United States has 17 people growing cannabis. What do you think the number was before we legalized it? 17 do you think 17 people were selling weed in illinois no No. way more than that and so i would say a lot of the frustration from illinois cannabis comes from the fact that we legalized via the state legislature Mm. other states like colorado legalized via ballot initiative which which means that you as a citizen had a say in we what the decided. law would be like. Yeah, Correct. we decided. You you guys got it pushed on you. We got it pushed on us. And I think a better way of saying it would be that our legislators and the governor, uh, the, the our current governor who was running for governor at the time, J.B. Pritzker was saying, everybody was saying, hey, you you vote in J.B. Pritzker, you you keep us in office, we're going to legalize adult-use cannabis. Mm. They stayed in office, they did that, but here's the thing about the legislative process in America. Lobbyists are involved, and shortly before adult-use cannabis happened in Illinois, a federal ruling said that cannabis companies can form PACs and they can donate to politicians. Mm. And so let me just, I'll, I'll wrap this thought up with saying, and we talked about this actually uh, about two episodes, I think. It's one of our Chillinoid news updates if folks are listening right now and they're curious. Um, we talked about a cannabis business association, which is still around today. It's represented by a former senator. Uh, her name is Pamela Altoff. And before legalization, she was saying that all of the original license holders should be grandfathered in to the legal market and have no competition for at least one year. It's Mm. been two years and they haven't had any competition. So many people could argue they got what they wanted. Yeah. Another thing this business association lobbied for or rather against would be home cultivation. So a big thing that everybody was really excited about when we were talking about cannabis legalization is that people would be able to cultivate at home because that's what legalization means, right? If it's legal, you can buy it, you can cultivate it and possess it. That's generally what you think legalization of meaning. But the police unions 
and the Cannabis Business Association, which was called the Medical Cannabis Business Association at the time, lobbied against the right for all adults to grow cannabis. So in other words, these cannabis companies lobbied alongside the police, which just seems antithetical to everything that this movement is about Uh to prevent people from cultivating cannabis. And this has happened in New York. This has happened in so many different States and in different things like this continue to happen. I think Connecticut just passed a, a, a law where if you give cannabis, if I gave you this joint in Connecticut, thousand dollar fine just to you know, if you like gift any cannabis yeah from what wow. i understand so That's... yeah that was a long way of telling you how fucked up these things are but i really think it centers around our lack of rights mm-hmm. with the plant like we should be able to we should have the right to cultivate it at home if it's legal but it also people's lack of ability to get involved in the industry you know we said yeah. this was all about writing the war writing the wrongs of the war on drugs that we wanted to give people that were disadvantaged a chance to participate and we haven't done that because we've been so restrictive over who can get licenses and it, mm-hmm. it costs so much money to get a license that it's like how are these people expected to have a chance so sorry you got me started on a so no that's good i mean also, just interesting thing. There's this dispensary in Colorado. No, it's a. It's not a dispensary. It's like a, like a cheap weed finding site, and they have a new billboard, and it says, "End the war on drugs." But then in between, uh, right before drugs, there's like a little down red arrow, and they have handwritten "expensive" in. So end the war on expensive drugs. I think it's tacky. I'm like, there is real, this is, there are still people in prison. Like, this is not a funny joke to make to me. I don't think, I don't feel. That's, that's, uh, well, that, and that's just it. Um, the other thing about our law is that not only is cultivation still criminalized, but you saw people have, in jail. Yes. We for nonviolent have, cannabis offenses. I would say yes. Yeah. Let's, and that, that's uh, a little thing right there though. Um, nonviolent cannabis offenses. I don't know, like, I understand why that talking point has come up, but let's say I punched somebody while I was high. What was the crime? It's that I punched somebody. Like, I, I, I think we should expunge all cannabis offenses. If cannabis is legal, like, you should just take everybody's cannabis charge out. Yes, if they committed another crime, of course, that should stay on. You know well, I think that, that's why you say nonviolent, because... Some people could be in for cannabis charges and like domestic violence charges as well. So you just want to predicate, release all nonviolent cannabis cannabis uh, offenders. That's why Fair you enough. say maybe non-violent. I'm getting caught. Maybe I'm getting caught up in the word. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's not that like someone punched someone while they were high. That's not what it means. It just means if they're in for multiple charges and one of them's cannabis and one of them is like a vine, because like you could kill someone and get found with cannabis and then you have both charges, you know? Yeah. But I guess my thing is I almost don't think like if you, if you killed my friend, like I think you should just be charged with the murder charge. If you had weed in your pocket. Well, and I going forward, just, yeah, going forward you would, cause you would legalize that hopefully. Fair enough. I feel like I took us off on a tangent. I feel like you were about to say something and then I no, caught onto your word. Not at all. Not at all. Cool. I, yeah, I just think uh, it's pretty wild that you guys would still have people in jail for that. I don't think Colorado does, but I don't want to. 
so yeah, that's a topic I wanted to ask you about. Another problem I think in Illinois is that we continue to have possession limits. What is what does a limit mean? It means that if you exceed that limit, there are criminal penalties that follow. And in Illinois, if you if I mean, Aaron, if you came here, your possession limit is 15 grams. So people have been pulled over with 30 grams or an ounce and they've gotten in trouble and they've gotten um you know, charged with like as an their- out of state person, I can only have 15 grams. Yep. How much yeah. can you have? Since I'm a medical cannabis patient and I've had my doctor increase my allotment, I can have five ounces on my person. Okay. And at home, I have no possession limit, which is exactly the way it should be, in my opinion. Just like what beer. about what about normal non medical adults that are residents? See, this is where this is. So residents can have 30 grams of cannabis, five grams of concentrate and 500 milligrams of edibles maximum. And if you exceed that, there are criminal penalties, which begs the question in your home or like on your person. I mean, both from what I understand, which is a huge problem. That's not right in your home for sure. I think we have limits. I think you can only have like an ounce on you in person maybe that i might be making that up but the home limits are awesome i mean you can have like six plants per adult and it's wild yeah yeah let's see here i'm just curious Uh, i know that normal has a really good page on this and i'll share it just for the sake of the conversation so more than 30 grams is a misdemeanor uh, you could have up to one year of incarceration and a maximum fine of twenty five hundred dollars so a common misconception in Illinois is that if you see here on under under cultivation, it says if you grow five plants or less and you're for personal use, in other words, you're not a medical cannabis patient, it's a violation of $200. That's what it says. We've talked to various attorneys and I mean, do you grow cannabis? I have. I was very bad at it. I won't again. Okay. Well, if you're good at it with one plant, one plant, you're going to exceed 30 grams. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you might even step in, if, if you're growing five plants, you might even step into the 100 gram uh, arena, which is a 100 gram. What's that? Like three and a half ounces? Yeah. yeah. I have way more weed than that on me before in, in my yeah. house, like way more than that in my house. Yeah. So check this That's out. That's not enough. That's a felony. That's a felony with up to one to three years and uh, incarceration, $25,000. How many liquor bottles are you guys allowed to have in your cabinet? That's the thing. That's, that's the example I always use. Um, I don't, I'm not aware of a possession limit for alcohol. I am Mm. aware of purchase limits, but I believe it's a store by store basis. Like I don't think Walmart's going to stop you from buying out the store. Like the only thing that's going to stop you from buying out the store at Walmart is your credit card. That's it. I mean, if you can't come up with the funds, I don't you think they're going to tell you alcohol, no. alcohol at your Walmarts. Hell yeah. No, we, we sell it cold, hear. baby. We don't sell alcohol at our Walmarts. You know, Walmarts. what's funny is I found out in Kansas, uh, Kansas on the way home, uh, that I was going to stop by and see a friend. And, um, he's like, could you, could you just pick up a pack of beer? And I was like, sure. Cause I just saw a sign for like, you know, multiple gas stations and he doesn't smoke. So wanted to give him something to do while I'm chilling. 
And I go in and I'm looking around and I'm like, where's the cold beer at? And they're like, they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, we don't sell the beer cold. He's like, you buy the beer. We, we've got coolers right next to it and an ice machine right next to it. If you want it cold, put the beer in the cooler, put the ice in there. That And I was just like blown away because in Illinois, wherever you go, they sell the beer cold. So it's ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I didn't need it cold, but it was nice that it was, it would have been nice for it to be cold when you arrived at the place, you know? Yeah, totally. So it just a weird thought that, um, only one grocery store, um, in like the whole state can carry liquor. So like only one grocery store of each chain can carry liquor in Colorado. So like one Walmart, one target, one King supers and all of Colorado has the liquor. Really? Yeah, it's really a really weird rule, but it's because Colorado mostly wanted to support like small business liquor stores, which we have a lot of. Okay, so that's an option. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I was going to ask you if you had, because I know like, I think it's Ohio, they have state ordained, kind of like Illinois. um, Utah has Oh, yeah, yeah. Utah for for liquor, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, I kind of like the sound of what Colorado did, giving small businesses a chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's liquor stores everywhere. Yeah. And just to wrap back around to our original point, uh, or one of the ones that we were talking about, uh, the biggest problem in Illinois cannabis, your, your question, I think is like, it should be as easy in my opinion to open up a dispensary as it is to open up a liquor store, convenience store, you name it. And it simply isn't in Illinois. Yeah. That's that's a huge problem. It's not that easy in Colorado. I can, as someone who's trying to open a cannabis related business right now here, it is, it is, there's still hoops you got to jump through, but from what I understand though, it is that easy in Oklahoma. I mean, you yes. could go on right now and buy a license and yeah, have I've it heard, at the end of the night. I've heard Oklahoma is pretty, uh, capitalist cannabis. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. That's yeah. for sure. So but, you know, I mean, you don't really hear many bad things except for lots of them keep trying to almost get robbed. And then somebody, the robber ends up dying because everyone in Oklahoma has done. That's really <laughs> yeah. the only thing you hear about him. You don't want to try it down there. It's, that's down no. south. They don't uh, they don't mess around. Yeah. Well, um, so so you're trying to open a dispensary. That's cool. No, not a dispensary. Consumption lounge. Oh, a consumption lounge. I misheard you. No, it's just a marijuana business, cannabis business in Colorado. Different kind of license than a dispensary, but similar rules. So there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Can you tell me about how consumption lounges work in in Colorado? Because we're figuring out how to do it now. We're going to be talking to somebody about consumption lounges in the future. And I've always... I just wonder how does it work in in Colorado? Did, didn't you don't you guys have one now in Illinois? We have a few, yeah, yeah, we have a few. Rise, that's not right. Yep. Is it Rise? Rise, yep. Rise <laughs> Mundelein, I think, is the one that has uh, a really classy looking one. Yeah. Have you been there? I haven't, but I have a, a several friends that have. Um, and there's also surprisingly uh, some in southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. The reason I say that is because the disparity between Northern Illinois and Southern Illinois is like the disparity. I mean, between the North and the South, like some people say they should be completely different States for some valid reasons. I think like they're different belief systems and different ways. So can you buy weed at these places? At rise you can, but 
the way that these other consumption lounges are opening are through so Illinois law has a provision that if you have a if you were a tobacco lounge that you could also open up shop as a cannabis lounge so from what i understand that's how a lot of these places are opening so only two people two criteria really of people can um, run a consumption lounge if you run a smoke shop so that can be tobacco or cannabis or uh, if you have a dispensary so but yeah the dispensaries you can purchase on site to answer your question and then you walk over to the uh, consumption lounge they are separate like rooms okay from what i understand yeah, so here we have a couple of different kinds of licenses for hospitality. We have three. There's the mobile kind, so like for buses and stuff like that. Um, there is the kind where you're a retail marijuana establishment where you're selling the weed. And then there's the kind where you're just a venue and a place for people to go. Um, all with their own very interesting sets of rules. You can't be within a thousand feet of a dispensary, which is pretty interesting. Um yeah. And like the, if you were going to sell it and have it on site, you can only give people two grams of flour, half a gram of concentrates or, um, 20 milligrams of edibles. So like, you can't really make money off of selling weed at a thing. I've heard that it's hard. This is kind of why I asked the question. I've heard that it's kind of hard to make money in general on the consumption lounge because and is it, is it true that like there's really strict regulations to how you can give people snacks and stuff like like you can't just have a kitchen there you got to have it all prepackaged you can have a kitchen if you have a food license and that's oh, you know cool. a lot of people have done that route as well they've all failed all of the original cannabis cafes and clubs are all closed there's there's very few left um so like the ones in California that everybody talked about that Lowell cafe doesn't exist anymore um and they say it's because of the pandemic, but I'm not really sure about that because it closed before the pandemic happened. But what was I going to say? Oh, um, if you have a food license, you can do that. I don't know that the restaurant cafe thing is the best route to go. We'll have to see what happens in the future. But I definitely do think that there is a way to make money in it, but people haven't figured it out yet. And I hope that I have. Yeah, I hope so too, man. I'll be there. I'll be yeah. there. Um, yeah, I, you know, some places are starting to do cool things here in Illinois, like live music. I think that goes hand in hand with cannabis consumption. Um, comedy. Fuck yeah. I mean, come on. Can you have um, alcohol at your guys' clubs? So from what I've seen, I don't know the actual answer to that question, but from what I have not seen a cannabis consumption lounge that says you can have alcohol or the alcohol will be served. In fact, I feel like more often than not, I tell them, I feel like I see a little like asterisk that says no alcoholic beverages, which I think mm. is kind of weird. I mean, I look, I don't, I don't want to hang out with people that are drunk, but I also don't necessarily think that they should have to go to a separate place, you know, cause I have friends that don't enjoy smoking, but they're fine with being around it. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah, we can't have alcohol. And I'm not really against it. I think it's okay. It'll be fine. Yeah, I think it's I think it's for the better because of um because of the what we talked about earlier and yeah. how people that's a lot of dynamics to put into play because this is the thing about 
drugs in general. And uh, I fully admit this going back to like decriminalizing drugs. I mean, drugs, when you introduce them into a population, uh, this is Hamilton Morris speaking right now. I love his show. Um, you know, people are going to have issues with it. There are going to be people that are sensitive to the substance and that's true of all substances we know now. I mean, you know, probably people that can't handle more than a beer. I mean, I'm kind of that person. I am a super lightweight, uh, but with cannabis, I'll smoke you through the roof, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, but other people are kind of reverse. They can drink a bunch of alcohol and just a little bit of cannabis, even if they're sober, fucking sends them up the wall. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not every drug's for everybody. Um, and I think that, that that's a probably, like you say, a smart move. Um, cause God, I feel like that could be messy. It would be messy because people don't know their own limits and they think it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Like well, an alcohol especially makes it hard to know your limit, you know? Yep. And then suddenly you're just, the whole room is spinning and you know, you're done. It's just not fun. Yeah. That's the worst thing about alcohol is that like you, <laughs> I don't know if you drink often. I don't personally, but I've gotten like, you know, you, I've had too much before and it's in my experience, you never know until it's too late. You never know until it's too late. Yeah. I, I drink like once a month, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Smoke weed every day though. Hell yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hell yeah. What are you smoking on right now? You know what? I'm actually a judge of this year's Colorado Cannabis High Times Cup. And so I have 22 sativa strains to go through. And today I popped out this, uh, it's San Juan Sundance from San Juan Strains. I've never had it. It's only 18% THC. But sincerely, it is the stinkiest, just most it's like a garlic it's it's so garlicky which is interesting for sativa and um i've had two bowls of it this morning and i've just been having here's what's left of the flower it's so green it's very green very like harsh green you know like not dark green not light green but like true green um and it's really good it's been very enjoyable for me throughout uh before this podcast and during it as well yeah yeah, well, it looks it looks quite delicious, um, and that's pretty goddamn cool. You're a high times judge, um, so how how's that going to work? Is it a virtual thing again this year? Like they, that's how they've been doing it in Illinois, so I didn't know if yeah. So they gave me a big backpack, uh, high times backpack that had 22 different strains in it, and uh, you go on the website through the judges portal, and there's like a password and everything, and you do the judging online which I think is really cool. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful to high times for asking me to be a judge in the Colorado one. It's, it's good too. Cause it helps me find new things to try and growers that I really want to appreciate, you know? Yeah. You know, and I feel like it makes more sense to do it that way because correct me if I'm wrong. I've never been to a high time, like an actual regular, you know, thing where they do the judging and stuff, but I've just always had the First of all, I've always wanted to go, but the thought has always been like, okay, so these judges, like they're smoking weed all day. Like, how do they even separate? You know, so it's, it's like, you gotta like, it's my <laughs> understanding. It's my understanding that the judging always takes place for several weeks before the cup. So it's been my understanding that the judges are given the strains in advance 
And so they're People reviewing are probably like, Cole, you're so stupid. <laughs> no, no, because I, I thought that once too. And then I, I heard from someone else that this is how it worked. And I've seen people judge in the past couple of years that get kits and stuff before the cup happens. So I think that that's what happens. I don't work for high times at all. So, and this is, you know, they didn't pay me to do this. I'm, I did it because I'm like a Colorado weed lover. I think Colorado has some great weed. You know who else has really good weed? Uh, Washington. And Las Vegas. Really? Surprisingly. I'm not saying Vegas is better than Colorado. I think Washington is. I had a lot of great weed in Washington. Great weed uh, recently. But Vegas was surprisingly good. I'm not saying it was God's gift, but it was surprisingly good. I really enjoyed it, honestly. Yeah, that's... I've heard good things about Washington. I've heard that their pricing is just the way it should be, let's just say. Very much so. Yeah, Washington and Colorado are very similar in the in the pricing structure. The experience is a little bit different um, for sure in dispensaries. I think our dispensaries here, for the majority, have a more catered selection in each one that the dispensary wants to offer. And I think in Washington, sort of, you when you walk into dispensaries, it feels like, to me, there's like a vomit of every single product that's ever been available in Washington everywhere. So it's more of like Washington is like an amalgamation of everything and Colorado is like curated a little bit more. You know what I mean? I see. I see. Interesting. Interesting. Could you, like, are you saying like you walk in and you're just like overwhelmed? There's too many choices in Washington. And not just like too many choices, like there's a whole wall of products. I can deal with that. There are some dispensaries here that are like that, but um, it's like every wall, columns in the center, uh, glass displays full of each one, like a hundred different strains, a hundred different companies, like flour, just flour. We're not even talking about concentrates. There's thousands and you're just like, what's good and the people don't even know because they're like oh no I didn't really try it you know what I mean so like I got really lucky and every time I just said what's the best thing you guys have and with for me especially on vacation at home I'll save money on weed where I can but on vacation I'm like give me the best and I don't mean highest THC I mean who's the best grower like who's got the best weed coming out and everything I had in Washington was so incredibly good it was so 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 good well, I'm about to be in that situation, so I'm going to be hitting you up. I'm going to be on vacation, and I want to smoke the best weed in Colorado, so I'll be hitting you up. Um, Ooh, well, sure. I'll probably know by the end of uh, this bag of 22. Sweet, sweet. Well, awesome. You know, um, I got to ask you before you leave uh, or before we close out, I feel like I have not gotten to know you at all through this show. Tell me about you, Aaron. Uh, we've talked about the weed tube and stuff, but like you said, you're Colorado, mm-hmm. born and raised. Um, Hate everyone who moved here. Please leave. Yeah, all the transplants. You're one of those. <laughs> I'm not a transplant. I, I no, if I you're, mean, you're one of those people if, that if says. If you're list, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, And on TikTok, it's so funny because they're like, Native Coloradans are literally the, the worst gatekeepers in the world. And what? And what? It's a beautiful place. And people are literally ruining it. Also, real general announcement to people. And you know what? Clip this and put it on TikTok. This is important, okay? (laughs) P. 
people who say Colorado natives are terrible and they hate moving here because of Colorado natives, we didn't used to drive like this, okay? People used to drive and not get in accidents. It was fine. The speed limit, five over, 10 maybe, fine. We weren't blaring 95 down I-25. Calm down, California and Texas. Calm down. Or leave. But I love that. Calm down is preferred. Um, yeah, hate it. Other than that about me, I don't know. Like, There's- dude, uh, tell me like... Uh- like, okay, when did cannabis come into your life? How about that? Mm, okay, I was, I smoked weed for the first time when I was 17 um, with my cousin who her and her girlfriend used to smoke weed. They were significantly older than me. And they like picked me and my friend up from high school one day and we went over there and smoked weed. And it was hilarious and it was so much fun. And then I smoked weed like three or four more times in high school, but not too much. And then when I was 22 and they legalized cannabis uh, recreationally here in Colorado, it just fit me very, very well. There's like a whole more expanded story, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just never was like a, I never had any other uh, vices that really fit me very well, but weed just was so good for me in every way. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm just, you know, if you don't want to dig in, that's fine. But I know we've got what our time slot is unless, are you good on time? I'm, I'm, I'm good on time. I have to, I, it's family night, so I have to go cook dinner soon, but um, I'm good on time and I am enjoying the conversation. It's not that I don't want to go deeper. It's just, I feel like it's my story and I tell it on every podcast. I'd rather tell you something. I get it. I get it. I'd rather tell you something different that's never been heard before because everybody's heard me talk about, I was born with a blood cell disease. I was on nine pills and then I got on cannabis and I took care of eight of them. And now I only take in over the counter antihistamine. And it's like my whole story. Cannabis saved my life. Yada, yada, yada. Everybody's heard. But Hey, I liked that. I liked that highlight reel. Thank you. That's that's the highlight reel. Cause Um, I didn't know. I didn't, I wouldn't have guessed. I was, which I don't know what I mean by that, but you know, uh, huh. Yeah. 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 Um, other than that, uh, you know, what? did you know I wrote a book? No. Yeah, I actually wrote two books. So <laughs> he's grabbing the book. <laughs> I, I could just scoot closer, but I don't want to. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is, uh, being found. It's a science fiction novel that I wrote during the pandemic. It's it has five stars on Amazon. It's doing really well. This is finding home. It's the second book in the series. So yeah, if you enjoy science fiction, uh, listener viewer, it, they're pretty good. They have great reviews. Hell yeah. That's dope. That's dope. As hell. There's, there's Thank something you. about me. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So have you always written? I've always been very creative. I have in the past, I did write a movie um, that like, I just wrote it. I just wrote a script for a movie when I was like 22. Um, Nothing ever came of it. And um, I, I wrote a TV show when I was living New York in New York about my life and living with my crazy um, aunt who was like this absolutely like ex supermodel, gorgeous alcoholic woman living in New York city. And I just like lived with her for free and was like her assistant. Um, so that was pretty fun too. I've always been very creative that way, but, uh, haven't written, I am working on another book right now before I write the third one of this. That's a little bit different. So sweet, sweet. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Well, it's cool that you have like multiple things to like put your energy towards the weed tube writing. Do you have anything else that you especially love to do? Like I like, I know this is so cliche. I feel like everybody does it and I'm going to do it when I go to Colorado and really quick. Thank you for pointing. Like one of the, th- the stories that I always tell about the first time I went to Colorado, I'll be quick. Cause I've told it so many times. People will probably already know where I'm going during that first trip to Colorado that I was telling you about earlier, I got out, went to a forest preserve and I got some cannabis and I was like, you know, making sure to put it in my pocket because you don't litter in the forest preserve. And no, you don't people. Do you hear what he said? You don't litter in Colorado. See, and this is the, this is the story because I was looking down at my pocket to make sure it made it into my pocket. And I look down and I see somebody else's cannabis trash. So I got to fucking pick it up because some Mm -hmm. piece of shit, I'm sorry, but you're a piece of shit for Mm. throwing it in the woods. Like I, the reason I say that is because I like took it so personally. I was like, for, for me, I don't know why, but I just assume that everybody that smokes cannabis is like-minded and that's not true. Unfortunately. Um, you know, I wish they all thought like me, but everybody thought like me and thought I was great and stuff, but that's not the way that things work. Right. So, um, tough lesson to learn that one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was tough because it was just like, it made me, I was like, I thought I was a part of this group that had these values. And it's like, obviously you aren't part of the group if you're doing this. And it just made, it just kind of, it put a little bit of a stain on the beginning of my beginning of my hike. I got but through it, you know, I felt good picking it up. I was like, that's I also focused. the point though, of what you were saying earlier about how, when you were meeting people in dispensaries and saying, I, you smoke weed. It, the, the lesson is everybody does even shitty fucking people. Very well said. Very well said. I didn't think about it that way. I've noticed a pattern recently. I've seen like three people throw trash out of their window in their car while they're driving. And every single one of them, and this has been like the last month and all three of the people had like the shittiest dumpiest fucking cars. And I'm just like, do you not see that you are like karma-ing yourself by like littering on earth? And then earth is like, life is like trapping you in this cycle. Like they don't, it's out of sight, out of mind, man. Um, You know, like- uh, what I mean to say by that is I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to my mom and I was thinking about like, so I feel I'm getting the sense that maybe you're just a little bit older than me. So I, let me just go through this. Okay. Maybe. Interview over. <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. How said, old are you? Let's see how much older I am than you. <clears throat> I'll tell you after the show. Now I'm, I'm over 25. How about that? But I'm not, I'm 26. I'm 26 okay. years old. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm, I'm going to be 32 in just a week. Okay. So you, you sensed properly that I am a geezer. Good job. You said, you said you were, I was listening to you earlier. You said when you were in 20, you were 23 and you were talking about the person that you lived with and stuff. So, Oh yeah. Okay. um, But, uh, so I was putting together like, you know, how old you might be. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways though, uh, uh, I was telling my mom, I almost lost that one. I was Mm. telling my mom that some of the things that I saw that I don't think kids will see in the future. So I didn't have internet in my house. I don't think any kid can say that anymore. Maybe. Okay. So I don't mean to be insensitive. Maybe people, you know, but uh, for the most part, people have internet in their house in some fashion or another. Um, We had a landline. That's unheard of. Um, People used to just throw shit out the fucking window. Mm. Social media wasn't around. Um, there wasn't like surveillance everywhere. Like my brother, um, I've, he like, 
uh, went up and rang somebody's doorbell and ran away, which is something I always did as a little kid too. You know, it's just mm -hmm. a harmless, fun thing. And these people like posted it on Facebook and it was like a, a whole thing because like there's surveillance everywhere, but it was a good lesson for him. You know, you're yeah. living in a different world yeah. and you need to behave like you're always being watched. Cause frankly you are. Um, but so that's a huge difference, you know? Um, uh, yeah. I just feel like some and of those things, wild? like so people wild. didn't always have a cell phone on them. Now people always do. Um, I just yeah, feel like I, I didn't a have a cell phone world. until I had, I got my first cell phone when I was 15. Yeah. God, we sent, I was just realizing we're sounding old. Cause we're like, Oh, it's a different world. It's, <laughs> it's not the way it used to be. And we're young still, but it's like, that's you were saying, how you were women. saying all of that. I didn't say anything. I don't feel old. I feel like 30 is the new 21. Hell yeah. um, actually 30s it. are lit because you're still capable of having as much fun as you did in your twenties, but you're a little smarter you are a little bit more financially stable, hopefully. And um, it's basically just like a repeat of your 20s, but you have more money and a better head on your shoulders. I'm looking forward, to, forward yeah. to it because I'm still, as you can see, shaking it all out. I'm in my 20s, you yeah. know. Well, that's so, all right. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, that, was, that was a fun conversation. Um, I appreciate you uh, for... I appreciate you reaching out um, and for offering a place for people like me to be able to post these types of conversations. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, I look forward to, you know, continuing to talk with you and um, getting people on the weed tube. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd so. be great. Thank you. Cool. Very much. Very fun. Yeah. Do you have any parting words or any last things that maybe we didn't mention you want to promote or anything? I just try to give people space uh, just in case. Shout download, outs, whatever. <laughs> yeah, download WeedTube. Follow me at Aaron, A-R-E-N-D, Richard, or at Aaron Loves You on most platforms. Cool. Folks, we'll throw um, links in the podcast description to all these things, um, including the WeedTube, Aaron's uh, social media handles. And uh, check out the show notes so that you can connect with Aaron and uh, get on the weed tube and start enjoying this awesome content. So, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Chillinois podcast, and we will see you next time. Bye.